The Sisu Way, Episode 5. See things for what they are. Circumstances do not rise to meet our expectations. Events happen as they do. People behave as they are. Embrace what you actually get. Open your eyes. See things for what they really are, thereby sparing yourself the pain of false attachments and unavoidable devastation. Think about what delights you, the tools on which you depend, and the people whom you cherish. But remember that they have their own distinct character, which is quite a separate matter from how we happen to regard them. As an exercise, consider the smallest things to which you are attached. For, for instance, suppose you have a favorite cup. It is, after all, merely a cup. If it should break, you could cope. Next, build up to things or people toward which you are clinging, feelings and thoughts intensify. Remember, for example, when you embrace your child, your husband, your wife, you are embracing a mortal. Thus, if one of them should die, you could bear it with tranquility. When something happens, the only thing in your power is your attitude towards it. You can either accept it or resent it. What really frightens and dismays us is not external events themselves, but the way in which we think about them. It is not things that disturb us, but our interpretation of their significance. Stop scaring yourself with impetuous notions, with your reactive impressions of the way things are. Things and people are not what we wish them to be, nor what they seem to be. They are what they are. This is the Sisu Way, a show about grit, character, life philosophy, fitness, leadership, and service. My name is Scott McGee. I am a father, husband, friend, and a peaceful warrior with an open mind and an unconquerable soul. My first guest is Val Vobrel. Val Vobrel is the everyday woman with superpowered fitness. She is a mother, fourth grade teacher, and a CrossFit athlete who has competed in six CrossFit games. But these titles do not define her. The quality of her character is also shown through her lesson in resilience, her Sisu story, and how she came out of her dip, which began in 2015. At the 2015 CrossFit California Regional, Val struggled mentally and failed to qualify for the games. Her passion for competition that previously drove her to multiple successful competitions wasn't there. Val, despite her almost superhuman powers, had doubt in herself and felt the fear of disappointing others. This is a place we have all been, but it's not where we stay. She thought about the kind of message she wanted to send her daughter, her students, fans, and the community. Her dad asked her, what do you want the story to be to tell your daughter? That you pulled through, gave up, or persevered when it was hard? Val found strength in having fun and connecting to the community. Like Wonder Woman, she used love and strength to conquer. In 2017, at the same event and location as the 2015 regional, Val smiled. Through the simple act, Val showed the power of having fun. In turn, through her unconquerable spirit, she prevailed in competition and triumphed over her own adversity. Val possesses a resilient spirit and faces adversity with strength and a smile. Val is not only a role model to the CrossFit community, she leads the way by teaching her students the importance of a positive attitude and how to get themselves out of a dip. This mindset and indomitable, indomitable spirit 
is why we at the CSUA fully support our Wonder Woman, Val Volbro. It's also why I'm proud to say that she is her, my very first guest on the show. It's weird, Val. I've been sitting here talking to metal by myself for the last like month. So now you here you are. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me, Scott. What do you, I mean, so I read this stuff in front of you. And so to, to, to start over here, I want to clarify one thing to everybody is we, we, Val and I discussed prior to the show how, how to open it. And I originally had a story that I thought I would tell about a mother and a daughter, which I might tell on a, on a further episode. But the passage that I opened the show with, uh, see things for what they are, is a passage from The Art of Living from Epic Titus. And it's a, it's a stoic book. I've posted a lot about it on social media. And the, the simple message is you have a choice. And it parallels part of what I was saying on the show, the strength is a choice. And this book has meant a lot to both of us. Mm-hmm. And so that passage, uh, the both of us reviewed and picked it together. Yeah, that it's all about your attitude towards your choice. I think the part that gets me the most, and I think maybe I've repeated a lot. And it's kind of funny because for a long time I thought like it was my idea. But then I, like, I've read and I'm like, gosh, none of my ideas are actually mine. They just come from like experiences and studies. But the, the part about things happen outside of you and you have two choices, accept or resent. It's kind of simple. Yeah. And if you can just keep those two parts in mind, it makes it easier to focus on what you're going to choose to do. Which is very empowering. The other thing that kind of gets me is, and I talked about on the last episode was, um, keeping in mind, keeping that flickering thought in your head that, that you or a loved one might die. Memento mori is a, is a term in Latin and it helps keep perspective on everything. And again, so perspective is going to be a, a huge topic for this show. So if you guys don't know Val, I'm going to pull up her website here. Just Val, just Val, just me. (laughs) <laughs> JustVal.com. It's a site that kind of lays out. She has like a little journal on there. She has your competition timeline. Uh, sponsors, how to contact you. But just a, just a really quick thing. You've gotten third place at the CrossFit Games twice. Fifth place in 2014. And a whole bunch of first places at the... Uh, the California regionals and the SoCal regionals. Very decorated. What does all that stuff mean to you? I think it's just they're hmm. They're objects, but they're also my mom brought up to me that I should really so based on your episode about your dad writing, asking him to write. I've asked my father to write. And then my mom in turn asked me to write. And she said that she was reminding me that my story is important, that my experiences. So when you're asking me about what do those decorations mean, they're part of my story, but they're not the only part of my story. 
but they're definitely a part to be proud of because they represent the hard work and the sacrifice and the determination. Um, but it's just a piece. First of all, I did not know that you got your parents writing. Yeah. That's awesome. By the way, thank you. Yeah. If anything comes of it, if I get people and parents and everyone to start talking, communicating about past and writing, man, I could just stop. The show could be over after this and, and, and it's a win. Your parents are awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. Um, additionally, people should know that I'm sitting here staring at a gigantic cast on your arm. <laughs> and of all the, the stuff you've done on in the CrossFit arena, it's the stairs of your own house that took you out? Yeah, three. Three little three steps. Three little stairs. Three little steps. Just run into the house to grab one last thing on the way to school, on the way to work, and uh, fell and caught myself in the doorway and ripped the ligament. <laughs> tore, you, tore, fully tore the ligament. Did you tear any skin in there? I did. I split the skin in between my pinky and my oh, ring so finger. It was, yeah, that split. And then I didn't realize I'd torn the ligament. It's like when you catch your pinky toe and it really hurts. And you know you did some damage, but you also know there's nothing you can do about it other than just gut through the pain, ice it maybe, take some Advil, and then you know in a couple of weeks or a month it'll be better. But this wasn't. Well, I, wasn't I think better. your pain threshold is a little different than ours. <laughs> <laughs> could you move your pinky? Well, no, I iced. Right. I could no. I bet you kept working out though. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> I did. So going back, I want to go back to you. You said you got your parents writing and then your mom pointing something else out to you. A couple of things that I think are very uh, underestimated. And that is the importance of podcasts. And when we're talking and we've talked on the podcast for several years and you've done other podcasts, but those things stay out there in the universe forever. One day, way down the line, 45 year old Vin might be able to pull that up for her daughter or son or both. Right. And so these things, I'm hoping these things are going out into the universe and one day the kids will be able to find them and people with kids and that they can create some connection with their families as well. So what do you think Vin is going to remember you by? Like, what do you think your story is going to be for her? She won't remember the CrossFit. I mean, she'll know that's a part she talks about her mom being famous, but I think <laughs> um, more than anything, I she definitely she definitely sees and knows me as a teacher, um, and I hope that she remembers me for our time together, playing games, talking, jumping on the trampoline, like our experiences together. But not if she doesn't remember me as a CrossFitter, that's that's okay. I think te well the part of the the part about being te a teacher is the level of service that you're providing for others. There's not a whole lot of careers that are directly related to the improvement of other people, and especially kids. Super powerful. Thank you. And I think you guys are completely underestimated, or uh, not underestimated, but uh, underappreciated. I'm lucky enough to work in a school where the majority of the parents do appreciate and they do come in to see and they let us know how much they see 
how much work and effort goes into and how tough a job it is. So that's nice to be in a place where I do get to hear the appreciation. Do you think Vin is going to be more impressed with the medals and accolades or watching you just exercise? Just watching the exercise in the backyard, but she takes it for granted. If her friends see me working out there, impressed and she goes oh mom always does that (laughs) (laughs) which is cool that she knows that that's just something i'm capable of um you know but i think maybe down the line though she'll have like because we you know you always say that you know uh youth is wasted on the young and they don't appreciate things until later on they gain the experience and perspective right and they look back and well i think I think you're setting a really good example. And you always hear like, you know, be the example, right? But I think there's more to impressing her, but rather seeing mom face some adversity and pushing forward. And part of fitness or CrossFit or picking up a heavy bag and and putting yourself under load and then moving forward with that. And the willingness to be uncomfortable. It's yep. not always comfortable. And then not complaining about it. Mm-hmm. Taking a step further, smiling. Mm. Yeah. I guess I see it already. She she makes up her own workouts. She does her own, you know, they're little mimics, little mirrors. And so you get to see the good and bad aspects of yourself mirrored in your children. Did you start doing, did you start teaching her how to have grit early on or did it just come about? Like naturally just you doing CrossFit or is that something that you thought about teaching her? No, I think more now about teaching her. I don't think I was, um, I mean, I've listened to you talk about how teaching your boys that and they're younger than Vin. So I, I focus a lot on how important hard work is, but not necessarily the grit. And we try a lot to focus on praising praising her work, praising her effort, not necessarily the results and praising that, you know, you stuck with it. That was hard. You figured it out, but you pushed through. I was just listening to, oh man, Angela Duckworth who wrote the book grit Mm -hmm. and has a totally going to paraphrase and mess this up, but she has something called a grit scale. And if I remember, they did a study at West point in a nutshell, People were able to make it through the officer training program, which was difficult. Uh, The biggest factor of success wasn't talent, wasn't intelligence. It was grit. Mm. And how that type of stuff and fostering grit in our youth is going is is the most uh, the single greatest factor for success in life. But it takes those of us in those positions to kind of wake up and actually realize that. Right. I think I was better about teaching my students that we talked about that with the wall of strength. Yes, we did. Please tell the listeners what the wall of strength is. So, um, I was at an arc smart gear event and I was inspired by another fellow teacher who asked me to autograph a poster and I asked her what she used them for. And she said she uses them as a wall for inspiration. And I mimicked the idea and created a wall of strength and um, Albert Einstein's up there, China Cho's up there, Ben Smith, myself. But more importantly, it's not just 
physical strength. It's mental strength. It's emotional strength. It's the, the fortitude to get through something or find something that will help you get through it in a tough time. And I use some of uh, Bob Feistro's Mind Gym videos to inspire my students. And we looked for quotes or words of inspiration that we could look to. And they wrote them on three by five index cards and we, they spoke about them and they post them up on the wall. And the goal is, is that when, when life is tough, when a test is tough, when a subject is tough, when friendship is tough, can you look to that wall and be inspired to move through? Now I'm looking at it right now on your Instagram. So for the listeners, if you guys want to find it, if you look up the hashtag, two of them, you can look up hashtag wall of strength or the hashtag the Sisu way, uh, or just scroll through Val's Instagram at all her stuff and you'll find it. It's a red wall and in the center is Albert Einstein. And this, I see some of them say, uh, be strong, do not give up, be brave, you can get up. So um, you talk about, like with my kids, my kids are currently five years old and two and a half. And what I've been doing with my five-year-old for the ever since we went to Lake Tahoe in the snow, and my, my then, God, he must have been three or four, every time he fell down, I kept making him say, I was like, get up and say, get up strong. Yes. Get up strong. Every time, get up strong. And now to this day, every time he falls, I'm like, what do we do? And so he doesn't just get up. He gets up stronger. Mm. And so it's snowballing. So now when I, sometimes when I leave for work, he'll say, daddy, don't worry, I'm going to get up strong. And so the, that little, the little... Cause here's what we do as a parent. Like you hope that your kid doesn't go through hardships, you know, for the most part, right? Oh gosh, please. I hope nothing bad happens to my kid. Impossible. Right. In fact, I think you would almost want the opposite cause you want them, them to have those trials, you know, those tribulations, the, the ability to have those strength trials. And so building the, that grit or that Sisu in the kid, knowing that doesn't matter what happens, he's going to be okay. And before my dad died, I actually told him, I was like, dad, just so you know, like no matter what, I'm happy and I'm strong enough to take on anything. Mm, that's what every parent I think would love to hear their kids say. And that is something I'm trying to like pass on for them. Sometimes though, I see my little two and a half year old and I'm like, yeah, he's not going to have any grit, but I'm, <laughs> he's two and a half. <laughs> I know. No, he, he, he's, he, uh, so Connor, he's strong willed. And if it wasn't for that strong will, he would not be alive. And I see that every, every single solitary day when the two of us, it's like the, that saying Butt of heads. the, uh, unstoppable force meets an, uh, unmovable object. Yes. Like what happens? Surrender. Somebody has to, somebody <laughs> has to surrender. And so, uh, yeah, he, they're both, I mean, I'm lucky to have happy and healthy kids, but that's ultimately the goal. And I know that that's, that's, that's been something that you've been consciously aware of now. Right. To think about how to push Vin's grit, my little pumpkin head. The other thing that you, uh, I noticed on your social media that you ended up doing was the, the themes, this one right here. Mm, yeah. Well, theme, first of all, is a big standard in fourth grade and just education in general, students being able to identify theme, um, but also picking and choosing 
important concepts that I expose my kids to, my students to, and talking about those themes and what they really mean applied to. And that a theme is something that you see in a video and it applies to everything. So we got one pulled up right now. Perseverance and positive attitude can help you get through anything. It was that. Which kind of circles back to what we said in the beginning of the show and also... um, Choice. Yeah, strength is a choice. I'm just going to keep repeating that so much on this show. People are going to get... I think it's like, you know, people learn is like impression, repetition, Mm -hmm. or or attachment to something that they already know. So if you guys aren't attaching or making an impression, it's going to be through repetition. Strength is a choice. It is. Yeah. Um, So before the show also, we talked about your social media and some of your direct messages that you've gotten on your Facebook account. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funny and mostly embarrassing. (laughs) So I'm really slow with social media, really, really slow to change and move into the 21st century. And uh, I realized that I had messages on Facebook, Messenger, some, some aspect of it. There were messages. Val did not know that you can get direct messages on Facebook. See, I said, I'm still struggling with it. But they were from 2012 and 2013, and there was a large inbox full of them. And I realized that I had not realized they were there and had not opened them. And the messages were amazing and supportive. That was, you know, 2012 and 2000 CrossFit, 13 CrossFit games that were successful years. But more than anything, I sat down and took the time to respond to each and every person who had written me because I had a choice. I could delete them and pretend like I hadn't seen them since it'd been five years or, (laughs) or I could do the right thing. And the right thing was they had all taken time to write to me, reach out to me, express hope, good luck, whatever it was, or, or ask questions. And the right thing was to take the time to respond. And most everyone responded back very what I'm kind of like, with, with good, <laughs> with very good humor. <laughs> I mean, what do you, did you automatically start off with? I am so sorry. Uh, yeah, it was pretty much an apology. Like I apologize for being technologically unskilled. I realized this message is returning to you five years late, but I still thought it was the right thing to do. That is awesome. <laughs> Awesomely. It's funny. It's so funny, but also awesome at the same time. Because mm. cause I feel like it's a weird thing to ding somebody for not knowing how to use something on social media. It's a weird concept. Yeah, but if you know how to use it and it seems so easy to you... it. I could see how people could be offended. I've taken this time to to write to somebody to express my own fears or concerns or, or ask questions and then to have someone not respond back to you feels could feel very disrespectful. Yep. And I think that is an important thing to point out because you're also a very personable person. Uh, sincere. Uh, I don't like to say keep it real, but you keep it real. You're just a uh, Val on the block. Just Val. Just Val. <laughs> but that's a big thing. And respecting the people that take the time out to listen to you, to watch you, to be a fan of you, to follow you, to know anything about you, and to take the time to express some feeling or emotion that they're having with you and then not have that replicated. It's rough. Yeah. Well, that being said, I'll, I want to thank everyone that's been sending me messages after, from this show. It's a slightly different type of audience or, or response I get from people within the podcast a little yeah. bit. <laughs> but 
uh, everyone that does write in, I think, I think you guys hopefully see that I try to get back to you quickly. And if I see your message and I can't get to it back to it quickly, I at least let, want to let you know that I did see it and that I'm busy and I'll respond later, especially on the Instagram, the Instagram messages, they come in so fast. Well, no, they're there. Right. And if you look at it, the person gets a red note. It says red. It gets like a little notification that you saw it. Right. So then you can't really like ignore it. And I know what that feels like to send somebody a message. I know they saw it and they didn't respond. Yeah. Like happened today. My, I was at soccer practice and I said, hey, my kids are soccer practice. I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit you back later. Thank you. But that's the other thing about social media. The love-hate relationship that I have with it. Mm. And we've talked about this over the years and how to turn it for something good is it takes like takes time away from your family because you can't necessarily totally concentrate and look at social media and be present. Right. But at the same time, it's such like an interesting tool to, and I'm using quotation fingers here, but to connect with people through this like sort of weird parameters. Yeah, there's definitely a connection that can be had, especially I feel if the message is strong or powerful or positive, even through humor, through strong messages and the relationship you can build. Yep. Yep. You I've know, had I this feel like virtual I have some, relationship that yeah. you have with people. I feel like I've, I have people that understand me more that I've never spoke to than people say that I work with. Mm-hmm. Just from just from messages. That's crazy. That's, I never thought of that. Anyways, it's a it's a double edged sword sometimes. But I think there should be an app out there that like like you're allowed thirty minutes on social media a day. And so anytime you hop on one, that like it starts to count down. Oh right. So if you have five minutes left, you better hurry up and get those messages. And then after that, boom, you're on timeout. And then you put your phone away and you start connecting with people in front of you. I'm sure it's out there. I just don't know about it. Someone will message you and let you know about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you struggle with? My own head. Struggle with sitting still. I struggle with the voices in my head. What? Are, wait, wait, wait. Which ones? Which, which one? <laughs> There's a lot of voices in there. Um, my dad and I like to call them the aliens, the ones who are um, trying to invade my mind, not, but not with positive thoughts. I want to talk about that for a second. Everybody has like inner thoughts, right? Now, I could be wrong here, but I think there's generally two opposing sides, good and bad or light and dark or angel and the devil whatever you want to talk about. And the devil side does tricks. He tries to trick you and say things, dress up, speaks in lie, speaks in rationality. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have these things going on. Now, I call it like the, the dichotomy of thought. It also goes back to that story of uh, the dog of courage and the dog of fear. Mm. You remember that? And, yes. And which one wins? It depends on the it depends on the whichever dog you feed. Right. Story for another day. So, in college, my freshman year, offensive line coach, he starts telling us a story. It's really early early in the morning. It's in football camp, 
Everyone is super tired. It's cold. Everyone is really beat up. I was like limping down the stairs, but then you warm up and you're, you're fine. And he starts talking about this, about eating well, about getting to practice on time, the, the little things. And he starts saying, you get, might have this little voice of telling you to sleep in, the little voice of telling you it's okay to, to, to drink on, during the week or it's okay to not do your homework, whatever the case may be. He's like, sometimes you just got to look over your shoulder and say, F you, little man. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm, I'm keeping the, uh, he did not say F you, by the way, he used the full words, but I'm keeping it clean. And it stuck with me to this day that sometimes you start having those little thoughts and being aware and you just got to look over and go F you. Right. I think that's also the line sometimes of where resilience is. Yeah, it's, it's like a, a, a different path. Like which path are you going to go left? Are you going to go right? Well, it's the courage. I mean, the other poem we talked about, the, the, the surrender repair serenity prayer and um having the courage to know the difference about which voice is speaking to you i mean i joke with my husband about that all the time and i can i can let him know like here's the irrational voice this is what my irrational voice is telling me or this is what the dark you know the aliens are telling me and i know they're not true but my heart my emotions are attached to this these untruths i love that you have aliens aliens i like that with my dad we've talked about our aliens uh, just so you guys know, the serenity prayer goes like this. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That is the serenity prayer. And if you forget it and you're driving, Google it. Serenity prayer. Best prayer ever. Got me through last year's school year. Students are just rough or what? There's a couple of students that were really rough and I could just take a deep breath, close my eyes, say the prayer to myself. And just remind myself about what was really important. It was that choice. So struggling kids. Got it. <laughs> um, you also said you can't sit still. Not very well. Once I usually sit still, then I usually fall asleep. So the Which fact by, that we're still awake is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> what, I do want to point something out, though, that you you talk about sitting still. But before the show started, you're telling me how you watched the last 10 episodes <laughs> of Glow. I was under a heavy medication. <laughs> Lots of pain pills. And what is glow? Because I did not know what glow is. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I never would have thought that. <laughs> Wouldn't have either. But the totally 80s music hooked me from the first episode. Netflix. Thanks. And that's Adam because Neville. of your surgery on your hand. So you get a free pass. That Yeah. That's the longest I've sat still for doing something actually mindless that I can remember. I, I can't remember sitting still and purposely doing something mindless for that long of a stretch of period of time. And I think that's, I struggle with that. So maybe if I get surgery, then eventually I'll do that. Cause I think the only time I've sat down and watched TV is maybe bubble guppies or, <laughs> <laughs> right, or blaze in the micro machines. I do with my kid too, but so I can brush her hair or, pause it and ask her about what the theme of the, no, I'm just kidding. But I do ask her questions. It drives her insane. Game of Thrones. I will watch. Okay. Other than, other than that, I start to read. I read a book too. What are you reading now? Mindless mage magic, you know, trilogy kind of thing. It's a, it's a mage. It's magic, magic like and dragons. Like Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Neither. It's a, it's a new trilogy. I just started. Do you, find it hard to actually sit and read 
no, I like to sit and read, but that is my, like, that's my TV at the end of the night. And I do find it hard to read like something that I really care about. Like, you know, the Sisu way or living the, the art of living, the art of living, like the heavier ones. It's harder for me to, because I care about what I'm reading. Those I do better during the summertime or during winter break. Like when I have breaks from school when my mind, when I feel like my mind has a little bit more space available to, to cause I want to, I really want to digest that. Yep. Like when I'm reading my fantasy fiction novels, they're my, they're my brainless, but I'm still being exposed to words and vocabulary. And I think about teaching my kids when I'm reading those books, but in general, like the, the heavy thinkers, I save those for times when my, I have a little bit more brain space. Well, this is what, this is my theory on it. One, you're reading when it's a book like that. These other books, at least the way I look at it, is I don't I don't really call it reading. I call it studying. Yeah, I guess for those those books that I want to learn from, it would be studying. It's studying. Yeah. And so when you when you're studying books, I don't. I'm always thinking that if I read this material, I don't want it to just get stuck in my head and doesn't go anywhere because it doesn't help anybody else. So when I read or study, I'm thinking about studying it to the point where I can teach it. To somebody else. Yeah, it helps me retain it better. Mm-hmm. And the other thing to circle back what I was talking about earlier, when you're learning material that you don't necessarily know, there's three ways that you learn it into your long-term memory. So let's just say, um, let's say you met somebody named Vin. Are you, do you think you'd remember that name? Maybe because it's unique. Right? It's unique, right? And it happens to be your daughter's name. So you, what I'm saying is you, now that, that, that name is attached to a memory and something that you already have. Right. So that's one way that we learn things. They, they're familiar to us, and so they are attached to something that we already have. The other thing, let's say you meet somebody and their name is, uh, I don't know, Excalibur. I'm saying that because I got my sword right here. <laughs> Excalibur, that's going to make an impression on you. Right. So you probably remember that. If their name is uh, Billy, you might, uh, 10 seconds later, forget it. Oh, what's your name again? Billy. Oh, okay, cool. And then, oh man, what's his name? I, I feel so bad I forgot it again. Billy. Billy, his name's Billy. Val, that's Billy. Bill, Billy. Billy the kid, whatever. See, now if I say Billy the kid, you're attaching it to a memory that you, or something that you already know. So right. repetition. That's my point here. Yes. That's how you learn things. Yeah. Repetition, attachment. Impression. An impression. Yeah. So when you're reading things and you really actually want to learn them, if you keep those tactics in mind, it helps you learn things long term. Yeah. I always feel like I call my dad so I can teach him something important or call my mom. I find I call my parents because Vin thinks I talk too much. So... <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have something really cool I want to teach her and she's not interested, but my parents, I can be like, I learned something really cool and I want to share it. So I think um, another component of that is social media. Mm. To share it through there. Yep. I, I definitely do that because a lot of stuff I share on social media, I'm not 100% like that all the time. I've actually used my own social media for my own medicine to help. <laughs> to remind me. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. To help yeah. recalibrate and... Side note on that, I'm also leaving it 
for my kids when they're like 18. I know we've talked about that offline before is that what type of digital footprint are you leaving for the future generations? Right. Yeah. Cause it's all going to stay. It's all going to be yep. accessible. And what, absolutely. What do you want to leave behind? And so when you're old or let's say you're gone, like what are you going to be going to be remembered by or what are your kids going to know about you mm-hmm. or what are your grandkids going to know? It's a weird thing. Cause like right now, if I were to ask you what your great grandfather was like, was he a nice guy? Was he accepted? Was he cool? Did he donate? Did he, did he get up and help people at church every Sunday? We don't know any of this stuff. Right. None of that. But now all this stuff, future generations are going to be able to see and know. Yeah. That's crazy thought. I mean, keep that in your mind. Well, I think lucky for me in the sense that like, I always think about my daughter and my students when I post as far as, is it something that I would want them to see? Yep. Well, that's a good filter. Which is really nice that I have that and I, or I appreciate that and use that because then I'm not concerned about what future generations would see. But that is a better, better filter than like, do I want to go sepia? Do I want to go black and white for this? <laughs> you know, these are all things to think about. And I, and sometimes I scroll through social media and like, I almost feel like my soul is being polluted by what the shenanigans that people are putting out there. A lot of complaining, a lot of complaining, a lot of negativity. Right. And so actually that, that complaining, that negativity, that finger pointing, that trash talking about the president, uh, political parties, whatever it is, all that stuff is like not necessarily going to help further anyone get closer together. And it also doesn't solve anything. It doesn't create any solutions. No, it's all finger pointing. There's no action, no positive action or no, no forward moving nope, action. Nope, nope, nope. And I actually talk about this. That is a big theme in episode. No, no, no. Hold on. I don't, don't even know my uh, episode three. Strength to love. So then I did listen to that one. Yeah. Strength to love that. And that was, um, based off of Martin Luther King's sermon called loving your enemies. Check that one out, guys. That was a great one. Thank you. I, I, I get conflicted sometimes when I see people doing that on social media and I almost just want to like link that episode. Just listen to this. <laughs> but then I don't want to be like that guy. But at least because I think some people are doing the stuff and don't kind of realize it. I don't think they st- take a step back and be like, OK, what am I putting out in the world? I wonder, too. I mean, I'm grateful that I was born when I was born. Because had social media been the way it is now in my youth and oh yeah i i may not have had such a good filter so maybe age has helped me have a better filter or life has helped me to have a better filter that's a whole other concept as a parent that i'm not there yet is the social media and the, and the social media bullying and the and the direct messaging and oh my god the embarrassment his kids are ruthless they're ruthless in person, let alone you give them the anonymity and not even the anonymity, the, the, the space of not looking someone in the face 
and the willingness of what they'll say to each other. You know, it makes me sad that the kids nowadays are not going through this particular moment in their life. And it's this moment when they're calling a girl and hoping dad doesn't answer the phone. (laughs) Right. Or that someone's like, they're talking late at night and they're trying to hide under the covers. Like no one else will hear. Yeah. But still ring, ring, ring. Oh Oh, God. Oh God. Uh, Hi, can I talk to Val? (laughs) You know, who the hell's this? Oh, it's Billy. (laughs) (laughs) Still Billy. Yeah. But that little moment of like stress and fighting through it and knowing that you, that might happen, but calling anyways. Right. Because something is worth it. Yeah. Now it's just, you can just social, what's your handle and then shoot somebody a message and you can get it all done and off they go. Yeah. That's so different. Yep. It's a crazy concept. I also know that, and you should know this as, well, I don't know if fourth graders do it, but that kids have like text messages and, and things on their phone that come in different frequencies that adults can't hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a test that I went through it and like I did d- different frequencies, like a tone, like a beep. Right. Yeah. And there's certain oh. ones that event, I had a room full of people. I'm like, somebody raise your hand if you can hear this. And I went through it and the young people could hear, definitely hear a certain tone that adults couldn't hear. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was all based on age. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> Something we have, I got to look for. You, you're like, well, how, no, Val, uh, Vin is way too young. Vin six. Way too young. What do you think of kids having their own Instagram handles? Like young kids. I've had fourth graders in my previous classes that have had their own and they follow me and they've asked me to follow them. And Facebook, I mean, Facebook's been around a long time, so yeah. there's school rules about that, that you don't friend a student until they've graduated. Like to middle school or are you talking about high school? You're, yeah, you're supposed to wait till they've graduated high school. There's a whole lot of teachers out there that aren't following certain rules. That's true. <laughs> uh, I always joke around about on um, other podcasts when, when people bring up law enforcement and the and the thing in the media and how they think law enforcement officers are racist and out there trying to just shoot unarmed black guys and things like this. And I'm like, the chances of that are so incredibly small and rare, but that's the rep. That's the rep, right? If one guy out of a million police officers, each with like hundreds of contacts with people a day, but it takes one, right? And then we all get a rep. But it's because it's been repeated, 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 repeated. So that's all. Well, that's what. Repeated in through social media. And so, so that's the takeaway. The but the same, but, but you see the same thing with uh, priests. You see uh, the sexual relationships with, with teachers and young, young kids. Right. But, or the but, but Hollywood. Teachers don't, teachers don't get that. Rep- yeah, exactly. Well, Hollywood. See what I'm saying? There's no rep mm. for like teachers. There's definitely a rep for priests and the, when it comes to religion, there's that negative stereotype. Yeah, that's true. It's too bad. I don't, I don't want to go down that path. Why did you uh, pick the name Vin for your daughter? First of all, because it's a fantasy novel. So she's a character in a book and she goes through a lot of, she starts off as a street urchin and has faces a lot of adversity and has to struggle a lot. And um, 
she overcomes and she finds out that she has the power to save the world and does so. That is awesome. Right? It's a Brandon Sanderson novel. It's a trilogy that my husband and I love. So, um, And it means unconquerable, right? Let me look that up. Vin uh, means to conquer. Right? The Vinny Vidi Vici. I came, oh, I saw, I conquered. Right. So Vin means to conquer. Conquer, conquering. Mm-hmm. Either way, I think what's really important about that is it's more of um, an internal, a self-conquering and conquering your fears. Mm-hmm. Not conquering others. Conquering. Yeah, because if, and this kind of goes back to the sign that we have over my shoulder here, right? <laughs> Temet noske means know thyself. Also means conquering the evil, conquering hate within yourself so that you can help others. Mm-hmm. Starts with us. I like that Vin. She's probably not going to go into a classroom where there's like, you know, Vin, Bin, Lin, Din. <laughs> no, but she gets mixed up with Finns. Finn and Vin. Well, that's true. Yeah. I found out that those are actually hard to say without a front tooth. Because <laughs> you don't front tooth problems. Watch, watch, do me a favor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't know my life. Watch, say, say, Vin slowly. Vin. See where you see how you're using your the the, the bottom of your front teeth yeah. on your on your bottom lip. Yeah. Okay, that game mouthful or mouth something, and you put the giant plastic thing inside your mouth, and you can't touch yeah. your lips together, and all the word cards you have to read start with B's because you can't make a B <laughs> yeah, unless your out. lips touch together. No, and then yeah. you're like, ah. That's the ridiculous. B, the F, the V, all mm-hmm. that stuff just comes plopping right out of your mouth. It misses. It just falls out, and no one can hear it. <laughs> um, circling back to CrossFit, I want to talk about 2015 and what, what did not qualifying in 2015 do for you? Um, it allowed me to reflect about a taking things for granted, um, valuing what was really important. Um, and I guess conquering that idea of what I wanted for myself versus what I thought everyone else wanted for me and getting perspective on that. Um, God, there was a lot, there's a lot of learning that year. I think also part of that is, and for those of you guys that don't know, uh, I've trained with Val for what, since 2011, I think when we were at the Culver city with Jim. Yep. And then together. Well, you even started 2010, I think at the Culver city gym. And I didn't know who Val was. I just knew that um, I'd never really, I've never been beaten physically by a girl before. <laughs> and then, and you were just, I'm like, what the, who, what is, what's happening? Did she scale? Is she cheating? She, she, what happened? She cheated. <laughs> Total cheater. <laughs> um, and so that kind of, uh, you know, obviously caught my eye at that point. Uh, so we trained at Dogtown CrossFit for a long time. Uh, I would do part of her workout. And then she would continue. (laughs) But the point being is that we, we had uh, a relationship and a personal relationship and understanding of where and how much had gone into your training and the stuff you've been through, the struggles, the up and down. And really, I think that from what I saw was that there's also the identity crack 
because mm. you had made it. Every, you had gone to the games a bunch, and then here you are faced with disappointment, mm-hmm. faced in not being the best you. And I'm not saying necessarily the best you on the on the scoreboard, right? And the crack, and like, and and who am I if I'm not a CrossFit Games athlete? Then who am I? Right. And so this whole weird, like, it, all the roads met, and that it kind of that goes back down to what your what your dad said, and like, what kind of message do you want to send your daughter? Right. It was a um, it was an intense regionals weekend. Friday didn't go the way I thought I was going to go. I ended up literally with my, you know, not up against the ropes in boxing, but literally up against the climbing rope, questioning, questioning what my why was. Um, and, you know, feeling sorry for myself. I wasn't, uh, you know, I'm human making, struggling with, with what the, what the choice was to be made and giving up seemed like a really great choice at the time, but the, definitely the easy path. Spent a lot of time Friday night crying, Saturday morning crying. And my dad, pulled me aside and he jogged with me on his full stomach of just having breakfast, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which he reminds me of constantly. And um, he reminded me that the, the easy choice isn't always the right choice. Oftentimes it isn't. And that what, what did I want my story to be? Like, what did I want to remember after this? And what did I want to look back on? And what was going to make me feel good about myself for years to come. And, uh, so I got back from the jog and said, all right, let's do this. And, uh, Julian was my coach at the time. He said, okay, you have to go warm up right now. (laughs) And then we were on the floor going and I made a deal with myself that it, that I, I needed to do it for me. And that was the agreement with Julian too, is that I, I felt like there, there'd been so many people who have buoyed me and supported me and championed me and, and believed in me so much more than I believed in myself. And it was a, so much load of pressure that I had on my shoulders that I felt that I had to hold them all up and not let any of them down. Um, and I wasn't at that point, I don't think doing CrossFit for myself anymore. And once I relinquished that and made the choice that I was going to go out there and smile, even if it meant I went slow, cause I was taking the time to smile, but I was going to take the time to enjoy my health, enjoy the wealth of being able to do these amazing things with my body and not take it for granted. I had a blast and I did well. And the energy of the crowd and looking at people and being able to smile when I was doing what I was doing and being uncomfortable. Um, I, I walked away bummed that I didn't hold myself well on Friday that I didn't have a good why and doubting that I didn't have a, a, a fire burning me to compete the way I had in the past. But more than anything, I could walk away proud that I ended being the best version of myself I could be. So you have a couple of things. Number one, earlier in the show, I went off and we, we listed your placings in a bunch of years, right? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about any of those? Nope. I don't, that's why I, I mean, I don't, I hesitated even saying them, but I figured maybe you got someone's attention. I didn't know the type of athlete you are, but that stuff ultimately doesn't matter. It's like, Oh, 
you know, who knows what you got in 2014? Maybe like a couple of people, but it doesn't, it's, it's kind of like meaningless. Right. It's the moments, right? And yeah. it's, the, it's the moments that matter. So I remember that moment. I remember watching you and right now, I, I mean, I, I have no idea what place you got that year on any workout for that matter. But I remember that this moment of adversity that you, you went through and the struggle with your passion, the struggle with the why and the pressure. And then what I saw, and it's something that I think a lot of people lack, is that you woke up. And what I mean by woke up is, I don't think people really fully understand what I mean, and hopefully they do after listening to one of those episodes, but by health is wealth. Earlier I said that the youth is wasted on the young. Mm-hmm. I also feel that health is wasted on us. You don't realize that until you gain the perspective and experience of eventually losing it when you're old. Right. You, and so I talked about if you're 85 years old, 85, say you got a walker, you can't make a fist, barely get off the toilet. If you got put back into you right now, like what, what would you do? everything you'd right? possibly I'd do. I'd go frolic right now in my right. front yard. Yeah. I would, I'd do, I'd, I, I'd look, I do this every day and you can't, well, your, your thumbs are kind of there, but like the opposable thumbs, the strength of my hands, mm-hmm. the fact that I, like I, I was on my roof and I jumped down and I was okay. I can jump up on that bar and pull myself up for a couple of times. More than a and, couple. Well, <laughs> but yeah. The- but having that health and that freedom and the ability and, and being completely aware that the movement is a gift and the opportunity that you have is a gift. People got to wake up and actually pay attention to that stuff because none of it is guaranteed. Yeah, I'm hearing you talk about gratitude. Yes, 100%. That when we ignore and we don't acknowledge all the things that we have to be grateful for, that's that's when our... When it's wasted on the youth and wasted on the yeah. healthy. Yeah. And I think and you look around, you know, as another example is my uh, girl Bree um, struggling at the gym, lifting up uh, uh, a keg and struggling because it was heavy and she wasn't mentally there. And then I'm like, well, wait a second. Like you're at the gym. You have hands. You could pick that thing up. That's awesome. Mm. And so instead of like sitting here being kind of broken about it, being bummed about it, laugh at it. It's a funny thing. You're, you're young. You can't get it. Okay. You're going to get it. Right. I'm struggling with it and don't lose the gift. Don't lose the perspective. You know, my mom today, she's been in her apartment for, who knows? Uh, the last time she went down the stairs, she had to be carried because she was going to the hospital. Prior to that, I don't know when the last time she went out of side of her apartment and went for a walk. Wow. So today, I went over there. Um, and guess what we did? Went down slowly. I took her down the stairs. We walked out front and we just looked at the clouds and I made her look at the, the leaves of the trees, hmm. the fall leaves, the little green little spiky things that grow. Yeah, the like pine coney, but yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. pine cones. Yep. Yeah. All this stuff. And I'm explaining to her 
to my mom, like how vision is a gift. Yeah. That she can hear the ocean, that she can see my face, that she can hear my voice talking to her and that she can stand. Last week she couldn't stand, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't stand up, not even with a walker. Wow. And so the other thing is going, she has now the ability to walk up steps. And I, I use the story of the farmer's donkey. And the reason that that story got brought up was because of the uh, stuff with my mom. But each time getting her to take a step up the stair was circling back to the story of the donkey. So I kept telling her, I was like, come on donkey. <laughs> so the story, uh, if you haven't heard that yet, um, from health as wealth episode in a nutshell, Donkey falls down a well. Farmer looks, uh, I can't get the donkey. I want to get rid of the well anyways. Neighbors come. They start to shovel dirt into the well. They're like, well, donkey can't get the donkey out. So donkey's gone and we'll just cover up the well anyways. So while they're doing this, the, the donkey's screaming, yelling, upset, scared. And then after a while, donkey gets quiet. And like, oh, okay. So what the donkey's doing Climbing. is each time the dirt comes down and hits the donkey in the back, the donkey's shaking and taking a step up. Nice. Waiting for the dirt. Next thing, dirt comes smashing down the donkey, taking a step up. It's actually more like... All four. But the point is, dirt's getting thrown. You can sit there and do nothing and get buried. Right. Or you can take a step up. So eventually the donkey comes up, jumps out of the well, smiles, has some dirt on his face, and goes off trotting. So that's the, in a nutshell, the story of the farmer and the donkey, but circling back and paying attention to that gift, the gift of health, the gift of the ability to be on the competition floor and in the moment, appreciating it and smiling. Yeah. I looked, I'm like, there, finally, you're enjoying <laughs> and like, enjoy that moment because it's not guaranteed. No, no. And they're fleeting, you know, they're not moments that last forever, but you can hold on to them either for the good or for the bad. You can hold on to the negative moments and let them eat you up or hopefully light a fire under you to do something different or you can hold on to the good moments too. Yeah. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, accept or resent Mm -hmm. up to you, man. That's it's, it's crazy how simple and difficult that is. Yeah, how powerful it is, but like you said, how difficult it is. I think that's what I've struggled the most, not the grit, but teaching my daughter that she has a choice. She wants, you know, I mean, part of it, she's a kid. So I feel like she plays victim a lot, but that she has a choice to not be the victim, that she can have a different outcome based on her attitude. Yep. And that's where... That's where strength as a choice comes from. Mm-hmm. It's a fun, it's a, it's a, it's a weird concept or, or how you actually teach kids or how, if you can actually teach your kid how to be gritty. Yeah. But I think it's uh by example. Yep. That's why I bring up the part about you working out in front of her. I also remember hearing a story or study somewhere that and it's, a little side note is that if you put like a treat, gosh, I think it was a marshmallow you put a marshmallow in front of your kid and say, hey, you can eat this now. Or if you wait five minutes, I'll put another one out there. You have two. 
Some kids. They can wait? Some kids can. Huh. And that shows a little bit of, of more of the grit, more of the, the perseverance and the, the inner drive to have that kind of poise. Some mm. kids can't handle it. They just go, oh, I want my stuff now. Well, the impulsiveness. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't done it yet, but now that it, it, I remember it from this conversation, I'm going to try it with my kids. Wow, it's video oh, tomorrow. Man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take some bets on this one. Right? Hey, since 2015, uh, you've definitely, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, is have kind of had like a, a little philosophical growth. But since then, is there, has there been anything that's helped you find strength? To help me find strength or yeah, just... Yeah, or just ways of growing. Have you, I mean, any books or... Um, well, I've definitely... I've, um, I started to read, yes, The Art of Living, and then based on your recommendation. And there's a couple others that all went along with that, and I'd never finished any of them because, again, I wanted to study them and not just read them and have it flit in and out of my brain. Um, but I get The Daily Stoic, email mm -hmm. every day yep. and it's short and sweet. So it gives me a piece to focus on and it gives me a great focus for each day. Um, and before that I was doing Bob Feistro's mind gym and that was phenomenal between the same, the inspirational message or create your, it was basically create your own inspirational message for each week to be your reminder. Like what, what do you want to be telling yourself and what do you want to focus on for the week? And what was your short message? Um, between those two, I feel like that's been my therapy. So speaking of Bob, he told me I didn't have to use his name, but I'm going to. He said, ask Val about her positive mindset and if it just comes natural or is it something she is choosing to do? She, uh, this is, again, we're talking about dispelling the notion that awesome people are just born that way and it is more about that they are choosing to be that way. Oh yeah, there's uh, there's not positive voices in this head of mine all the time. No, it, I, it's a struggle and it's a choice um, to choose to say the positive things. And I catch myself saying idiotic, not positive things about myself in front of other people. Um, you know, looking for um, acceptance from others or doing different, seeking seeking responses from others versus um, modeling the positive thoughts and focusing on the gratitude. But those are all choices and it takes practice. And I don't think any of us are perfect at it, but the more practice, the better I get. So you summed up two of the things I always say, vulnerability is strength and strength is a choice. I think pointing out again that you know, earlier we talked about you being a super mom and superhero, superhero uh, abilities. But you're not invulnerable. And you know, especially the females, all the, the CrossFit Games female athletes that are kind of idolized at this point or, or followed on social media, what you're seeing on there, they're not invincible. And right. they struggle just like everybody else does. I think they do a great job of portraying the successes and the failures that in general, I feel like a lot of the athletes are posting and showing both sides of the coin and that it takes the, the fails and the misreps and the struggles 
to attain success. You know who's doing that really well? Who? Jamie. Jamie is fabulous. I love Jamie. Her, I think her honesty and her... Uh, her vulnerability. Her vulnerability and her sense of humor is refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... the if I can tell a quick yeah, story. Um, we're jogging at the beach or hanging out at the beach with Vin and my husband, Steve, and I see Jamie jogging and I'm like, oh my, oh my God, that's Jamie. And so we stopped and talked with her and I said, maybe we could train together sometime. But her version of the story cracks me up because it's more of her seeing me as a CrossFit star, which is not how I view myself. And that she was flattered that I would know who she was and that I would ask to work out with her, which cracks me up because I look up to her and what she does. Um, and she's probably one of my favorite training partners because she also has an amazingly positive attitude. Um, you know, I know that she hates running, but she doesn't complain. She just does it. Um, she's not a big complainer, she, but she also won't lie to you about how she feels or thinks about things. Um, there's so much to love about her, but it comes down to what you're talking about. The, the strength in her vulnerability yep. and her, her honesty with others and with herself about where she's at. Yep. And I think that is, and that's part of the, the lesson that I'm going to try and tell with each episode and with every guest is that it starts with being honest with yourself mm-hmm. again with my sign over here. Yeah. Know, know yourself. yourself. Right. Yeah. And being honest with yourself and honest with others. It's okay. Everyone sucks. Sometimes everyone has fears. Everyone doesn't like something. Everyone has some sort of insecurities yep. or self-doubt. Yep. And everybody goes through struggles. Right. Um, I, I took a note here. It's like, I wrote the word dip. I know it's something that we had talked about before. Mm-hmm. Is, that the, is that the word you still use for in 2015 and coming out of the dip? And I know you used, you've used that word also with your students. Yeah. There's a great dojo um he's a little cartoonish character, a little green guy. And he talks about coming out of the dip. And one of my favorite lessons I did last year is, um, we talked about, I gave them printed out copies about several famous, successful people and not just in movies or, but movies, books, academics, sports, all sorts of different genres and fields. And, the kids read about them and they had to read the bi- biography and figure out what dips, what trials and tribulations these people had to overcome and that the result of, of overcoming these through and, and what did they use to overcome them? And most of it had to do with attitude, with the choice of how they were going to look at the struggles as, as did it defeat them or was it an opportunity to grow? and get stronger and then how it led to their success. And so we talk about the whole lesson is about the dip and how the dip allows you to rise higher if That's you choose. Awesome. Yeah. It's like the donkey step up. Yep. What do you choose to do? Are you going to let it bury you or are you going to rise up? <gasps> Perfect. So when I do that this year, I'll combine the dip and the donkey story. Farmer's donkey. Farmer's donkey. Um, I've also talked about people 
having control of their actual inner voice, right? And mm-hmm. it's something we've talked about, this, but in, in an experience is that if it hurts, if you focus on the pain and the disappointment, you just stay in a little zone of suffering. Yeah, I call it the black hole. Right? Right, because it just it becomes a spiral yeah. and it sucks you in. Yep, that's a little devil tricking mm-hmm. you. But if you focus on what is the lesson, mm-hmm. you grow. If you focus on the lesson, it helps you grow and it puts you in control of your circumstance. Yeah, what opportunity did, uh, did it afford you? Yep. Or can it afford you? Yep. Speaking of uh, the Daily Stoic you brought up, and you just reminded me by saying that, but uh, another really good book is The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan oh, Holiday. Yeah. I started that one too. I'm a good starter. Maybe I need to work on finishing. There's tactics to doing this stuff. You know, schedule it like a workout. Oh, yeah. And just give myself my... AMRAP, 30-minute AMRAP of reading. Of studying. Studying, yep. Okay. It helps. Yeah, because that's what my dad does. He schedules mm-hmm. everything to make sure he gets in his art, his music, his reading, his writing, and gets in the things that he values for the day. Did I tell you both my parents are CrossFitting now? <laughs> what? 70, That's awesome. 72-year-old dad and 70-year-old mom are both CrossFitting. And um, my favorite was when, well, I have two favorite stories. First of all was when I asked mom what the workout was that she got to do, and she said, okay, so we did these Buddhas. And I said, fantastic, you have to tell me what this Buddha movement is. And so she said, you put your feet really wide and you grab the barbell with your hands kind of close together and then you pull it up like towards your chin. I said, fantastic, that's called a sumo. (laughs) But I could see how you confuse it with the the Buddha. I could see how you could mentally confuse those two ideas. That is awesome. That's fantastic. And then my other favorite was when dad said, I will never yell at you when you're doing wall balls again. I will never tell you to pick it up and just go. He goes, I now know how bad all the things that you do when you compete hurt and how they feel. That appreciation, See, that understanding appreciation was, and perspective. was, that was such a cool moment. <laughs> but and I'm for so those, proud of them. If you guys don't know, Val is four foot 14. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's like Super Mario Brothers when she's doing 10 foot wall balls and has to jump off the floor to get the ball high enough every time <laughs> but at least you can do them I can do them I'm, and, I, and I can't and I'm so grateful that my that my parents are moving their bodies and enjoying the movement and enjoying the challenge and finding success in that struggle yep you know, it's, I feel like I, I got a chance to teach them something because they've taught me so much. As, first of all, props to your parents. Right. You know, because again, uh, and this is only for perspective, but the other side of it is my mom is 72. Mm. And if, if she can go to the bathroom by herself, it's a success. Right. I wish I, I wish I could get her to, to go do CrossFit. Right. She needs it. But like I said, walking up and down stairs is the was a huge one. Well, that was a success for the day. Yeah. 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 Yep. Because health is not guaranteed. It comes and goes. And it could be gone in with a trip of a stair. <laughs> hmm. <Yeah. laughs> so what I'm going to do, is I'm, gonna, I'm just going to 
look around. I know we posted this stuff on social media. And, you know, on the podcast, I usually do this lightning round thing. But on this, I really want to try and connect with uh, the people that are writing in and connect with the listeners and, and try to answer some of the questions that we didn't answer on the show. So let's see here. CrossFit Theseus. Uh, how has being a parent changed your perspective on your definition of fitness and its priority in your life? Mm. It's definitely changed. Being a parent... Hmm. I think fitness was important to me because I could make a name for myself because I could be, I found success in it, but there's a different type of success in being a, a parent, a caring, available, present parent. And I'm finding more now and now, especially over the last couple of years that I find myself wanting to do my fitness for fun and for general health and wellness um, so that I can play with my kid. When I was competing and training so hard, sometimes I was too sore or too hurt or too whatever. And there was excuses to not get down on the floor and play with my kid. I was too tired to do things. Um, and I didn't, so that's changed. That's a very important concept is a difference between sickness, wellness, and fitness. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think people realize how important wellness is until it's gone. Yeah. And that balance to find that, yep. to find that place. Yep. I mean, I lost the ability to pick up my kid off the ground when they were little babies mm-hmm. and I couldn't pick up my son cause my back was hurting cause I tried to do some heavy deadlifts and push it a couple reps. Right. And for what? For what? For what? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm dedicating the training to my life. My life isn't dedicated to the training. Right. That shift has been paramount for me. It's so huge, right? Yeah. You're probably going to be stronger in the whole fitness component anyways. <laughs> Nervous system's all rested. Uh, Jay Wellness, 15. Do you have any habits that you've picked up in the past year that have stuck with you and impacted your life for the better? I would say it's the um, daily stoic and waking up with gratitude. So when I wake up and roll out my feet, I think about the things that I'm grateful for to start off my day. And then reading the daily stoic to give myself a, a, a focus. Um, gratitude is so powerful that a little life hack that I'm going to share with everybody. If you are, are struggling with whatever it is, whatever your, your predicament is, whether it's job related and relationship related, uh, physical injury, whatever you're currently struggling with, if you start having a negative thought come in, you have a decision what you can do next. Number one, you can't stop that thought from happening. Picture, um, picture a river, a river is flowing, right? And you're, you're, you're sitting right next to the river. A negative thought comes down that river. Acknowledge it, you can look at it, and then let it keep going down the river. 
And just know that you can replace what comes next. Mm. So if you have a negative thought, try to do one of two things. Number one, immediately think of two things that you're grateful for. So let's just say it's like, oh, uh, I'm bummed I didn't get that promotion. And then immediately, I'm lucky enough I still have an opportunity to try again. And this gives me a chance to maybe improve some area that I'm lacking. Boom. Now you're not stuck in this negative zone of poor me. Another thing that works is if you start to have that negative thought come in or, or self-pity, compliment somebody. Yeah. If no one's around you, randomly text one of your friends and tell them something about them that you appreciate. Because lifting others lifts you up. There you go, guys. A little life hacks. Can I tap into that one? Yes, please. We had a friend come stay with us, her and her wife and their son. And when he said something negative about himself and they said, okay, stop. You have to say five nice things to yourself now. And for anything that he says negative about himself or about others is the family rule. Then you have to say five kind, nice things about yourself or whoever you put down. And that yeah. reminds me of what you just said. So for a negative thought that comes in, you have to replace it with two positives. Yes. Yeah. It's that idea of, and that it's not, you can't, it's not a one for one. No. And, and a lot of things, a lot of themes that come up, um, including on strength to love is forgiveness and the power of forgiveness. If you, can't have, if you don't have forgiveness, then you don't have the power to love. Mm-hmm. But most people, when, I, when you hear the word forgiveness, they think about forgiving somebody else. And not just yourself. And not yourself. So like Elsa, let it go. <laughs> <laughs> let, you know, that's playing in your head right now. Yep. Uh, I know there's some coming up on Facebook. A lot of the questions have been answered by our discussion so far. Mm-hmm. By the way, if you guys don't know, this is uh, what I plan on doing with the show is partially, sometimes solo, most of the time after I've laid some of the foundation is doing it with guests such as Val, but then also having Val and other people come back and guest co-host when you guys can. That'd be so awesome. And you live right down the street, so there's no reason not to. There's just so many knowledge bombs. I mean... Each time I listen or read your posts, I walk away with something that makes me think about how I can be better, do better, whether it's with myself, with my husband, with my child, with my family, with my students. Um, yeah, it always makes me think, and I really appreciate that. Well, you, you took the words, my, the goal that I, I constantly think about, especially with this podcast is people don't have to agree with me. People don't even have to take these things that I'm saying and actually use them. But I just want to get people to think. Yeah. You know, at least think about your perspective and take a positive look at what you actually have and not what you don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon Wagner, I would be remiss if I did not ask a Gordon Wagner question. Right? Hi, Gordon. He's got to be like, a professional podcast listener. 
That's uh, sweet, sweet Gordon. I'm combining you with a lot of nicknames. Uh, it was great to see you compete in person at the CrossFit Games this last summer. What was your family's experience like traveling to see you compete rather than being closer to home? And a little background. CrossFit Games have been like 15 minutes away from us for the last however five, Forever. six, seven years. Yeah. Since 2010. Since 2010. And now this past year, they went to Madison, Wisconsin, which is not 15 minutes away. No. Um, it, it was rough on them. Um, rough on Vin, who doesn't particularly enjoy the competitions because she doesn't like the noise and all of that. And tough on Vin, uh, Steve, in the sense that um, he was 100% with Vin the whole time. Um, but on the flip side, he said it was the best experience for him in terms of me because I was the lowest maintenance and I had the most fun that I've had in years, the lowest stress. Um, and my mom and dad were great. I think they just got to enjoy being there. Um, but the comforts of home are made me appreciate and be really grateful for the times that we've had it in our, my own backyard and not had to travel or get the funds to travel or all of the hubbub related. Yeah. That's a whole other component of people dedicating their lives to an event that they're still having to pay to go do. Right. Yeah. That's uh, you know, we recently had uh, Kenny on the podcast and we were talking about that. I'm like, Kenny, like I was actually kind of happy that he's, that CrossFit was finally kind of taking a backseat to his professional career in service and being a paramedic and a firefighter. Right. Cause that's, what he should be doing. Cause CrossFit doesn't go anywhere, right? It doesn't, it, you can be 40, you can take a break for a year. Take a break for, <laughs> <laughs> you take a break for five years. It's still like, still there's be still there. opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. But there's certain opportunities that I just worry that people are, are like brushing aside opportunities just to, to compete in a weekend, spending all this time to compete in a weekend recreational event. Right. And that's partially one of the things that you're known for is finding balance between work, family, and being a, a, a super fit CrossFit Games athlete and hopping on that podium more than once. <laughs> well, yeah. It's, I think for the people who don't, for the people who are successful at making CrossFit a full-time career, that's impressive, but I think it's uh, very difficult to make CrossFit a full-time long lasting, like the longevity of a CrossFit career is tough. There's very few people. I mean, Becca Voigt, nine times games athlete. She, I mean, been to the games 10 times, shooting for an 11th games appearance this year. That's not most games athletes. No. Nope. So She's a bad example. <laughs> well, she, she's the exception to the rule. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is like, you know, people think that's like attainable. I'll be like, oh, that's what I'm going to, Becca can do it. I can do it. Now, granted, yes, you can do it, but it's an outlier. Right. It's an outlier. And, and the other component with that is taking the same level of dedication that somebody has towards their exercise and fitness and then being able to apply that level of discipline to other things. 
Now, see, I brought up earlier, like you, let's say it was a 30-minute AMRAP. No, no problem. Boom. Full effort. Going to nail it. But a 30-minute session of reading a book and taking that same level of discipline and the same level of drive into doing something like reading a book. Right. And putting aside that time, valuing that yeah. enough. Yeah. But then actually trying hard at it. Right. Like what, how many, like even taking that assertiveness to relationships. I'm going to try and PR my relationship with my husband today. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just the mentality. I think sometimes if we, we can take that part of CrossFit because everyone, you see the grit, you see perseverance, you see uh, a classroom full of Sisu during the workout. Right. But then does that level of discipline dis- dissipate in other parts of their life? I would say... Was that my BS meter? <laughs> <laughs> no, I would say that a lot of people do take it to outside of the gym, but maybe not to the same intensity. Because Just something some to be aware of, though. Yeah, but yeah. Because yeah. that it's up to you. And thinking about that, making a, a choice, like... yeah. All right, when I come home today, I'm going to make sure the first thing I do when I get out of the car and I see my husband and my daughter is I hug and kiss them and tell them how much I love them before I do anything else. Yep. And trying to do the little things all around your life exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Right? Virtue. Not just doing it well in the classroom or in the, in the workout. Not just trying to snatch perfectly well but try and do all everything well. And then it raises you up. As a quote, I say, you know, it's not how you do, how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm. Yeah. Well, I guess that's the idea of CrossFit, right? Being a generalist, being generally good at everything, not just good in one. Yeah. Not just, area. not just good in the, in the group workout. Yeah. So there's lessons there, L- lessons of perseverance, lessons of grit, lessons of driving forward, when you're uncomfortable, you know, stepping up at the right moment. Yeah. What do you want to be known for? What, what do I want to be known for? I want to be known for being a good person who tries to do their best in all aspects of their life. You know, I want to, I want my daughter to ask me, mommy, why do you smile at everyone? Because it makes me feel good and it probably will make them feel good. I want to be known for trying to always do the right thing. Not that I always do the right thing, but I'm trying to do the right thing. That's what I'd like to be known for. I think with that goal in mind, you're doing a really good job. At least I'm thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if our, if our listeners were to send you a message and get answered within the next five years. <laughs> Small goals. How do they do it? I know, so you have your, your Instagram is Val Volbrol. Yeah. It's V-O-B-I-R. V-O-B-O. I'm a mess. That's okay. Val Volbrol. It's my retainer. Yeah, it's the tooth. V-O-B-O-R-I-L. On Instagram. Yep. And you're doing a really good job with that. I'm, I'm getting with coaching from Scott McGee and many others <laughs> that Jamie Hagia, what would Jamie do? Yep. I'm getting better. And it's good. It's not, it's not all like, you know, angles and white booty shorts. So 
things, <laughs> which might disappoint some of the listeners. That's fine. You know, what? I'd rather have 10 really good quality people than yeah. a thousand people not paying attention. Good point. Uh, so follow you on Instagram. I know you have a Facebook page. Yep. And your website, just Val. Yeah. I don't know that much messaging gets done through that, but the Instagram and the Facebook, I'm better about replying. Have you been hit up on one of those just randomly from a, a student you had years ago? I did just recently. Yeah. It was a, do you remember me? <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, your name is attached to like this message here. Which really helps. <laughs> do you remember all your students? I remember a lot of my students. Um, but some of them like just seeing face to face, I don't recognize because they go from being kids to being like adults. Yeah, the old puberty hits. Yeah. Like I had one kid face to face in a push up contest after, uh, like a El Segundo run and we're face to face and he's basically complaining that this isn't fair going against his teacher who's known for being <laughs> strong. And I'm like looking at him, he's like, don't you remember me? And I'm like, no, you have whiskers and a man voice. Yeah. I don't remember. And it ended up being a student that I'd had Parker Blackston from years ago, like one of my first classes. And, oh, uh, that was, a, that was a kick. But that's awesome though that you're making that kind of impact. So, and that my students know me for, I mean, my students know me for my strength as well. So hopefully they know me as, hopefully I'm known as being a decent teacher, but they also definitely, the, the fitness aspect and having parents tell me that it means a lot to their daughters to see a strong, fit female. Which I think is awesome. It's, it's a, makes my, my cheeks glow. That was awesome. And it also makes me very proud to have you on this show um, as my first guest. I can't tell you how honored I am. I was really excited to tell my parents that I had to leave dinner so I could come be here with you for this. Uh, so thank you to your parents. Also, uh, hello to Vin. <laughs> At any point in time in your life when you're listening to this, your mom is awesome. Aww. And uh, be very proud of her. And I can say the same to your boys about you, about how you're a role model. And that you take what you say and what you think about and you put it to action. You really do. Well, thank you. That's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. I know. So if you guys are out there and you do like the podcast, uh, if you guys don't mind, I know everyone's busy. I think it takes a few seconds. You can leave an awesome review through the podcast app on your phone. The biggest pickle, I think, is probably remembering your iTunes password. So sometimes, sometimes people have logged in and they or they don't they forget it. But if you guys can, uh, it it helps um, some algorithm within the iTunes world, and it makes the show more discoverable to other people out there that we're trying to reach and trying to reach and help people. So leaving those reviews is much appreciated. Um, I read them and I take them to heart. Uh, if you have anybody that you think you would want to be on the show, shoot me a message. You can find me on Instagram at one Scott McGee uh, and follow the show at the Sisu way on Instagram. There's a Facebook page as well, but the, the Instagram stuff is I pay more attention to because I try not to jump on too many social media, yeah, outlets. too many social media outlets. I pick a few and try to do those well. And the other ones are just kind of placeholders. But if there's a guest or somebody out there, um, shoot me a message or, or email the Sisu way at gmail.com 
Thank you, Val. Thank you, Scott. And remember, everybody, health is wealth, vulnerability is strength, and strength is a choice. You are the master of your fate. You are the captain of your soul. Choose strength and be unconquerable.